This is the Blended Creole Podcast, where we discuss two lives, Southern and Haitian roots. Join us as we talk about family, investing, and seeing the world. While learning about how we tackle blending our lives, from our finances and redefining our relationship with debt, to our Insta family. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm Liz. podcast i'm liz i'm jay and today is episode five and we're gonna have a continuation of our discussion on episode two we discussed the challenges of blending our finances and today we decided that we want to talk about budgeting and how important budgeting is as a couple especially when you're blending your finances but more importantly some of the lessons we learned um in our effort to adjust and blend our finances yeah jay's looking at me weird (laughs) i thought he had something to say clearly not i didn't have much to say so (laughs) i I had a little delay i'm sorry (laughs) a little little (laughs) are you up i'm I'm up okay i'm I'm getting there i'm getting there Um, so let's let's go with like uh more importantly for us and in general uh why is budgeting important as a couple budgeting is important um because you want to know where or where your money's going um i know before i had an individual budget i was definitely um making a decent amount of money and not and at the end of the month not knowing where half of the, where most of the money went um whether it was uh bad expense bad spending habits um and not just keeping track of how much I was spending on certain things, whether it be groceries, um, shopping, um, eating out. Eating out seems to be when I see eating out used to, well, for me was the the biggest the biggest concern. Um, and then once you start to realize where exactly your money where your money's going and seeing how much you're making or how little you're making, um, that can give you a gauge in how to properly uh, how to effectively spend spend your money. I don't want to say properly, but how to effectively spend your money and how to how to tackle some of what else, how to tackle some of the goals that you may have. Um, for me at that time, it was definitely purchasing real estate and how to tackle, how to tackle that with the amount of money that I was had, that I had coming in. Um, so yeah, that's why budgeting is important. Now that we're married, um, budgeting is important for the same thing. Cause now we incorporate both of our goals, right? Um, we incorporate our goals to see, figure out, you know, monthly goals, uh, annual goals, or, you know, for the rest of our life, um, what those goals are going to be and how we get there. So that's why handling your money and knowing where every dollar is going um, to me is important. Why was it important to you? So I think um, one of the things that we've come to realize, I think we probably knew this at the start is like our approach to money and finances was completely different. So for me, um, I essentially, you know, I always knew how to do a budget. So I always had a spreadsheet, knew where you knew how to do a budget. Yeah. I knew where my money went from, you sound surprised. No, I'm just saying because <laughs> <laughs> the conversations we've had, I think, yeah, you, yeah, we both knew how to do it. I mean, mathematically, right? You, anybody can yeah, do a and budget. It, I wasn't religious about it. That okay. wasn't. I was never someone. And who, I'm a Nazi about it. Is that what you're saying? See, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You were to saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying for me, like, I always knew, you know. My dad showed me how to use the Excel spreadsheet, how to put, you know, this is the amount of money you have um, coming in. This is what you have going out, especially once I got to the place where I purchased my first home. That was something that he was like, it's very important because you need to know what your bills are, what you're expected to pay, your HOA, kind of all those things. Um, so I always had an idea, right, of this is what my monthly um, expenses and income were but i was never budgeting to a t so for me you know once my bills were paid then i wasn't in a savings mindset and i was never in a savings mindset until i wanted something that was more expensive so for instance when i knew i wanted to buy a rental property it wasn't that i was saving consistently out of the year to get the down payment or what I needed once that idea came then I was like okay so I want to do this in the next six months then in the next six months I need to save x amount of money to have the down payment to buy the property so you weren't doing that on a you didn't do that on a regular basis where I was different where I would you know when I started my budget uh, again it was for similar reasons right to get a rental property my initial one um but being my bought my first property at 21 
and this is while I was in you know, my last towards my last year of college. Um, so I was budgeting to save money. I mean, I've always budgeted to save money. There hasn't been a, th- you know, once once things popped up that I wanted, if I had the money at the time, I would get it. But I would never budget to say, I want a certain thing. I would, but I would, whatever my budget was, that bottom line, that was to to save. So it's it's interesting to hear that. Interesting to hear that now, because that's how we, you know, we have to figure out how we both approach the budgeting, right? Um, I always laugh and say, if Liz had a thousand dollars saved she would deplete it down to 950 and me i would say try to save the entire as entire that entire 1000 the difference is you're still budgeting you're still saving the money but in her eyes and tell me if i'm wrong and yeah you have that much you have that thousand dollars to spend and it's yours you can do whatever you want with it so at that 900 basically i would spend 50 dollars. no no you would spend up to you you know you would have a thousand you would spend up to a thousand yeah so that's basically what it was like if i knew i had 500 dollars in my account and i knew that i never wanted to go over a certain threshold and let's say it was 200 dollars, then i could do what i want with that 300 dollars. like i wasn't someone who so was, it, w- it wasn't to save that 300 it was no it i'm was, gonna do i'm gonna spend the, the i'm gonna spend the amount that i have to spend i'm a spender to, and for me it was that that thousand dollars or that 500 dollars, based on the example is i'm just saving that entire 500 if i need to spend that spend it on something um i'll try my hardest not to so i guess that's the that was our initial difference when we um and as i guess that's something we 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 hope we would have learned about each other prior to um getting married or you know as we we learned sooner while we started but started when we started budgeting um because that's where the compromise comes in as far as understanding how a certain person spends money because it's easy to see how you know you would think or i would think that you know you're spending money but We've already budgeted for that money, so it's okay to spend. It's okay to, to spend. To me, it. it's like we saved that money. The point is to save the money. It's, you not to, eat. it's not to spend it. Right, and I think we're starting to learn that, right? So I'm such a rule follower. So if you tell me that this $1,000 is set aside for our savings to go into whatever investment accounts, even though at the end of the month when we do our monthly budget and we have this excess, if you account for every dollar, then I know I can't touch it. Now, when you now say that, oh, this $2,000 is our spending money, then in my mind, that's $2,000 that we, we need to spend. So this, <laughs> this will always be one of the things <laughs> where we vary as I just purchased a game for the Oculus. Um, that like, I think that's kind of where we differ and where there's sometimes a balance um between us is that for me if we have savings goals then that's what we need to focus on and let's put that money there which we started to do this year which i'm really happy about um but outside of that again the reality for me is if we need something and i think that's what i've learned the most about the budget is understanding needs wants and kind of the nice to haves um So budgeting, though, is really important, right? Because if you're going to build a life together and you're going to have these goals with one another, how do you get there without talking about how you're going to uh, save the money that's necessary to get there? So we have this article that we're going to post um, under the show notes. um, This how to create a budget with your spouse, the seven steps to creating a budget with your spouse. Um, And it's on investopedia.com. And we wish we would have. So I seen this seen this article um, before we, you know, before we initially sat down and created our budget. But how did we come up with our initial budget? It was pretty much ad hoc, right? It was like okay, it was pretty much J driven. So let's not yeah, okay, <laughs> yes, not, it, it was, it was, it was it not was, ad hoc. It was driven by yeah, ad hoc for you, but driven driven mainly by me, right? So um, in hindsight, that was probably a mistake. Um, so and and we're going to talk about how it evolved, but how we initially came up with it, it was the same budget tool that I, that I had and the same method of budgeting that i had um which when i say in hindsight it was a mistake because um it probably did very little in incorporating how you how you budget and when i say very little in incorporating i mean we didn't have the conversation and understanding of how you go about and spend money um so that's in, in my opinion that's how we created our budget but the first step in the article on how you create a budget it goes to highlighting setting um smart goals where smart is essentially an acronym where they talk about for S is being specific. So that's how you're going to state your goals. 
Um, and then M is for being measurable. So how exactly are you going to achieve those goals? And then A is for achievable. So it must be something that you can accomplish um, financially given your means. And R is for realistic. So even if it's achievable, doesn't make sense, which I think is really great um, in terms of being able to highlight that once we get to that. And then T, time-based. And essentially that goes down to uh, one of the ways they talk about uh, couples building their budget is really to start to lay out your goals. So your short-term goals, like something in the next one to two years, um, midterm goals, things that you're looking at in the next three to five years, and then your long-term goals. So that's when you're talking about retirement, kind of those things that are much further out. And I think for us, and I would like to at least say between the two of us, we had a ton of financial conversations. So I don't want anyone to listen to our podcast and think Jay and I just never talked about money. I think there were. A I mean, I think it's safe to say we talked about more money more than um, couples we know or to a certain extent in average on average, more than uh, more than people talked about money prior to getting married. And I think when we talked about our goals, we always talked about long-term goals. And I think one of the things for me that I realized, um, Jay has a vision that in, in his mind, when he explained, you know, A, I want to have a net worth of X amount of dollars by the time I'm 40 or by the time I'm 50. For me, my goals have never in life been financially driven right so for me it's always been I want to be able to achieve something so I knew I wanted more rental properties for instance but I wanted it because when I retire I knew I wanted to be able to have steady passive income so I didn't have a certain amount in mind I just knew that I wanted to be able to have what I considered a dual income once I was at the place that I wanted to retire. So I never had a dollar figure. And I'm realizing between Jay and I that this is kind of how we visualize goals differently. Because Jay will sometimes ask me too in terms of goals at work. Do I see myself wanting to be um, at a certain level within the government? And there's a part of me who's like, I don't aspire to, hey, I want to get to be the most senior level officer within the government. But I think there's certain jobs that I wouldn't mind having that may mean that I need to get to that level. So I've never, I've never believed in chasing money because I, I firmly believe if you chase money, you will not get it. I think you have to chase what your purpose is, where you find happiness and the money's going to come. So I realized between Jay and I, we're very different in that regard. I, I mean, I think when you even using the smart method, um, I think we both have different aspects of that of that methodology, right? I think I'm very specific and measurable. Um, you're just more realistic and time wise. Um, is that safe to say? I mean, you could argue if you know if you see if you, no if argument you think there. I'm, no I'm argument there. I am I am um, very precise in what and things that I want, um, things that I want and how I want them and when I want them, right? Um, and I am willing to take risk and to get them at a at a faster time i think yeah. i think you balance out where you're like yo that's kind of not realistic and time wise it's i mean you'll you'll kill yourself trying to you'll kill yourself trying to trying to achieve that in a certain time it's not that it's not achievable it's you know let's give a realistic time frame or, or when it needs to be done um and but before that i was willing to kill my i willing to kill myself and go all Jay out was. for for certain <laughs> for certain things. So um I think Jay is an extremist too. I will say when it comes to finances. Am I an extremist? So I mean extremist how I explain that. What do you so, mean? So in so for the time Just say it. Go ahead. I'm, gonna, I, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm getting in there. I'm getting there. Sorry. Um Jay will give up everything. So the times that we dated in t on two occasions, I have known Jay take the extreme of being like I need to save money, so I am moving out of my place. I will basically not have an apartment, mm -hmm. and I can sleep on a cot in my office. I can crash with friends for a little while, because if I do that for three to six months, it's going to help me save so much money. Um, and this was one time was like after the FedEx route when mm -hmm. that started to... 
Um, Go downhill. Yeah, fall to the wayside. Jay literally was like, I'm putting my stuff in storage. I will sleep in the storage facility. I will sleep. I can take a shower at work at the gym. I can sleep on a cot in my office, and I will recruit my money. That, I will tell you, is one of the things I've always loved and admired about him, even though it's extreme, because to me, that was a sign, in my opinion, of a man who... He's going to do whatever it takes to ensure that his family has a roof over their head, food on the table. You know, if he has to go without so that way, you know, he can make sure that things are comfortable, he will do that. What I didn't account for is once you get married that you're also (laughs) part of that equation. (laughs) (laughs) And starting to learn that, like, okay, now there's a conversation of, exactly how extreme can we be but he he did that twice and i would say in both those instances it was the second time the second time was uh, was that work in the airport no when i came when i uh when we got back together and you gave up you gave up your apartment okay so and i think in in both those instances for us i appreciated those moments in life um i don't you know i don't know if jay (laughs) jay will agree but i do feel like those moments did bring us closer together um, but yeah, it, even he highlights the airport, you know, he knew, look, he wanted to make some extra money. He had all this time on his hand. Um, and he knew he wanted to be able to travel, but he was like, yo, in my budget, I can't afford to travel, but I talked to these people at the airport and they basically get free flights. If you work at the airport, basically, um, what is it? Loading and unloading. So no, it's not. Yeah. Unloading and unloading cargo. So, uh, I mean, for those that may be interested in your local <laughs> airport, um, you can work. It's a side. It's a side hustle. Um, you can work uh, for. Um, it was my. I worked for Delta and United, but there's a contracting company you could work for. Um, that you know you unload and uh, essentially you unload and load the planes and you clean the planes when when the individuals get off the plane. But the the kicker was, since I love to travel, I get a free flight to wherever I want to go. We use that when we went to portugal, portugal and i was going plan. back and forth i was going everywhere i was using that <laughs> utilizing that benefit um extremely well but yeah you you get you get the the free flights away you go but you do fly standby and but the time but the times in the airport i was flying out of there was always a standby seat yeah, he was in um, so it was you know that was the that was my way of saying yeah i love to travel but i'm not about to pay the amount of traveling that I needed to do, I'm just about to pay the, the amount of money that was necessary. So, you know, I would, I would, ha- that was my travel hack. Um, I worked for. And this is pre-COVID, so yeah, yeah, pre-COVID. things may have changed. It's still the same, but you know, they, COVID caused a lot of, the, you know, because of the flights were um, cut back. Cut they they did a lot of cutbacks, but and I got out of there right in time. Um, so, you know, I would work from I would go to my use my regular job on active duty military. Um, I was active duty at the time, so I was you know doing my regular time whether that be seven to four five six however you know however late i work then i will go to work at night um between eight until probably sometimes two o'clock in the morning um and you know do that but i I got on what at least 20 flights yeah within like a six month period i was it was perfect and then i was able to use the buddy pass to also fly too so one thing about me i I find i find find a way i find i'll find a way um but the second step is this, you know, we don't want to veer too far off. The second step is um, in establishing a good budget is determining your net income. Yep. So was that something that you was that something that you did prior to us um, getting married or establishing our budget together? So I always knew my income. And I think for me, the difference well, net income, my net income, mm-hmm. see, this is going <laughs> to get me <laughs> my net. Inc- so basically your net income is what you, your take home pay. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I always do for me, that's my income. I knew my net income in terms of my take home pay. I knew what my rental property was bringing in um, and any other sort of money I had. I think what I didn't know um, and didn't account for, right, was, um, well, that's not really related to net income but in terms of savings i think i didn't know all the different ways that you could save and maximize your money Mm -hmm. um but no i knew my net income what ways were you saving your money before so in the past i I, like i said i was only saving when i knew i needed something or i wanted something so if i knew i needed a down payment and i had 12 months to save for that then i spent 12 months 
taking that money and putting it aside. I did not have a robust savings account when we got together. That wasn't something. So this how this kind of ties to debt, right? So, I mean, what was what were you doing with the money? This is just a personal. Just what were you doing with the money that was so, that was being that was excess. I was shopping. I was okay. going on vacations. I was, and I mean, it was living a life. I was living, mm. living a life. And I think in the sense that we both talked about this, right? So I definitely grew up in a household where credit card debt, I saw my parents continue to use credit cards and continue to have that back and forth about like, you want to get out of debt. You don't want to have this. But then the example was seeing them continue to use credit cards when in all actuality, they probably never really needed to had they been able to get on a the same page about kind of their budgeting and finances um and so I think that was one of the things for me that you know I picked up probably that bad habit of leveraging credit cards when I actually never really needed to I could always save for what I wanted um but each time I was overseas, you know, my goal when I first went out overseas was exactly that. I was going for a money grab to essentially pay off my credit card debt. And I had done that. And I was excited to come back and thought like, oh, wow. But then that was the time that my girlfriend before I came back said, you should look at Baltimore for rental properties. There's these areas. It's really cheap. And that's when I brought my first rental property, which, again, you know, I had to save for the down payment and then the expense of renovating. I was blessed that I did um, have parents that were able to help me in terms of the renovation because that was more money than I had saved up. But hindsight's twenty twenty, I could have saved up that money had I had a better plan or just had been routinely saving. So, I mean, and again, the adding knowing how much you knowing how much you have to start with is pivotal, right? Um, and not just and not knowing you know how much you make a year or on on a monthly basis how much is actually coming to you in your pocket or in your bank account um and then you just the next step goes into adding up your mandatory expenses which is you so let's say you make five thousand dollars a month you know you you the mandatory expenses that you have and this is where you cut out the fat in your budget right um, but this is also as a couple where you have to have a conversation and i feel like i think Hindsight's the mandatory expenses is what your, conversation? your mandatory expenses. I think this that's is, not the conversation. I don't think that's I think the conversation. you do start here. You start to talk about what's needed because in, in the article, it kind of it highlights you add up your mandatory expenses. You find out what you need to save and then you find out how you're going to split discretionary spending. So, again, I think the way the article kind of breaks it down is it, it breaks it down into kind of three more three steps but i think even before you head into these steps getting an idea of what your partner views as a need and what your partner views as a want and what your partner views as a nice to have is a good way to kind of guide those discussions right because ideally on your need column you both will highlight you need a roof over your head so your mandatory expenses yeah i, I mean i think this, this i definitely disagree with that i think the mandatory expenses are uh, some stuff we have to pay regardless i don't think their needs wants or um what was the last thing you said you're nice Man, to have needs nice is have. mandatory you need a no, roof over i mean head. but that's gonna i mean that's that goes without saying right i mean do, uh, do you need to discuss whether you need it y'all would think you need a roof over i mean you need but to sleep somewhere um I, like I did said, you not not sleep somewhere because that but wasn't a need at a time but we weren't married when we i'm were not saying we were married <laughs> but i'm saying for you that fluctuated that like not having a roof well, over that, your head. Well, that 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 my point is that took away that mandatory expense. That's that's the reason behind that. That mandatory expense, my expenses were too much, and I realized I need to take away. That's the drastic of taking away that mandatory expense. Your your rent, your mortgage, or your mortgages, um, your student loans. Thing that you pretty, I see it as things that you pretty much have on the um, mandatory deduction. Not a mandatory deduction. When they automatic deduction, let's say. Okay, that. so automatic, something you you have to pay. Some, something you have to pay. So again, the example you say you have five thousand dollars a month, you got to pay rent, you got to pay your student loans if you have them. Utilities. Um, utilities. Um, you need gas. Gas. To work. These things that are your minimum credit card payments. Your, I say your minimum credit card payments because if you have excess, that's when you could put. Um, that's when you could put money in towards, uh, towards extra payments on those credit cards and food. 
food probably you need to have a, a baseline budget and how much <laughs> you're going to spend on groceries a month so those are mandatory expenses and then you calculate that breakdown um and then you you put that on your subtract line of your initial five thousand dollars a month now how do we evolve from from where we started to where we are now from at least finding out our mandatory expenses so i think we've always so the the spreadsheet that we've both used so basically when we got back together the second time we both had our own spreadsheet. So we we were already having those money conversations because we did say, look, we were going through this debt-free journey. So understanding each other's finances and how we were, because we were individually paying off our debt, but we were still having conversations about like, hey, my goal is to pay X off, pay Y off. Um, we were having those conversations. So we always knew what each other's spreadsheets look like. So for us, with our budget, I felt like that made it easier to combine it at that point. Because at that point, we were just, we were combining a household expense. So whatever it was for rent initially or for what it is now for our mortgage. And from there, we did have conversations of like, okay, what other things? So I had a 529 savings plan for our son. Um, there were, I think... Um, I had a few student loans left over by the time I came back. Um, so I think the goal was always to minimize the number of mandatory expenses that we had each month. Um, so I think, how do you think it came together? Mandatory expenses? Again, we, we already had, like I agree, we already had our, we each already had things that were coming out monthly. Uh, multiple mortgages, uh, rent, and in your case, student loans. Um, yeah, we we had minimum credit card bills. We had all those mandatory things that were so that wasn't too difficult to come together because we knew you know um, combining finances would just create a higher monthly um, monthly income. Um, but you know, trying to I think we we talked a lot about trying to get rid of some of those man, um, monthly expenses like the credit card bills. Yep. Um, getting rid of those and, and cutting the fat when, when it came to that. So I don't think that was difficult at all trying to figure because we already, we had already established that on an individual basis. So exactly. it just came together with that one. And then the next step they talk about is calculating what you need to save. Um, and so here they highlight things like an IRA, your 401k um, pension, anything in terms of what you need to save each month. Um, for us, when it comes to retirement, that's automatically deducted before we get our paychecks as government employees. So, so yeah, we don't even count that as... We don't even count that as something we have to consider because we both put in um, at least the matching for the TSP, the Thrift Savings Plan. And the government matches up to 5%. Which um, is, yeah, the federal government's mm. retirement. Correct. And... You know this discussion we've been having um where because we've uh we've grown this conversation right um we've added our uh brokerage account yes. into our uh which liz seems very excited about um which is a, a good thing right um we added our brokerage account into into the calculation of what we need to save um and we've also added uh we'll, we'll talk about the discretionary spending as the next step uh, step five being the divvying up discretionary spending we've added um we added vacations to um, yes. something that we that yeah that's clearly that was her idea um but back to the things that we need to say right um we, we've had a discussion of 401k um right now we're at the match but because of the amount that we make um as a combined as a married couple filing joint taxes filing jointly right that's yeah what it's yeah filing filing <laughs> married couple Speaking filing which we married couple with yeah um, married couple filing together, um, to, uh, a way to bring down our taxable income is to increase our 401k. Um, so we've talked about maxing out both our 401ks. Um, and that's a midterm goal because we plan to do that. Well, actually more so immediate. So our goal is to get back overseas where we'll have that extra discretionary income coming in. And at that point, um, we are going to max out our TSB contributions, yes. which I think what is like eighteen thousand. Eighteen, eighteen five, eighteen five. I think this year. A year. Need to confirm that, but um, it it goes up relatively after a small increments every year. But um, last time I checked, I think it was eighteen thousand five each. Um, so that would bring us to thirty seven thousand. Um, bring our taxable income down to thirty seven thousand. So what that means is if we make a hundred thousand a year. Subtract thirty-seven thousand. Looks like that we looks like we make 
63,000 a year, and then we get taxed off that 63,000. So that is a tax benefit um, that we are looking into doing. And I think um, hindsight's 2020. When I th- look back at starting out in the government, I wish I would have ripped the Band-Aid off and had just you had just done that. And I think, like, at the time, right, um, I don't know how much we talk about or did we talk about in our previous season, but, like, I came out of college with, like, a house payment for student loans Mm. so i didn't feel like i could afford to max out my tsp as well as pay back sally may over like fifteen hundred dollars a month as well as try to like pay for rent or pay for a mortgage or things like that yeah not at all i didn't think but i'm sure had i been willing to kind of sacrifice a little bit i probably could have learned how to at least maybe not match but at least paid more than what the matching minimum did you is. always match i always matched okay that was right. something that like i always knew you don't throw away money right so if Free your money. company matches you should be putting in at a minimum whatever your company is matching absolutely that is money on the table that they are giving you so go ahead and make that sacrifice and match that absolutely fund. um so yeah, the, the 401k, um, for the, for those that have brokerage accounts, we use Vanguard, um, yes. but there's other companies out there like Fidelity, um, uh, Fidelity, some some other companies out there, but we have a, that brokerage, brokerage account that we're putting money in on a monthly basis, and that's in that category. Um, and so other people have Roth IRAs, um, and other people just have um, savings, r- savings accounts. accounts or money market accounts that they put their money in. Something that, you know, you should have some, it's recommended that you have some type of money that you have to save because you never know what's going to happen. It's rainy day, um, rainy day fund. Um, anything can happen. Emergency comes up. Um, God forbid, is you know you have to pay for a, a huge expense, um, and you would hope likely not have to scramble yeah. and find or use credit card or get into a lot of debt for um, for the, for that expense. Um, and so, so yeah, this year so we prioritize putting money in that Vanguard account and we're putting about five hundred dollars in. Mm-hmm. Um and what's nice is that you slowly see it growing. Um not with this Ukraine and Russia thing, but I mean But you hold, right? It's long term holding. It's gonna come back. So, you know, that's one of those things where you just gotta trust the process of mm-hmm. where that money's at. Yeah. And you know, we could talk about brokerage, the difference between brokerage accounts and um, your 401k retirement as far as tax purposes. Because I know your your parents are going through that now with um, 401k. Um, all 401k is deferred taxes, right? So you're just not paying taxes on the money now. But rest assured, when you get out, when you pull the money out um, at retirement age without penalty, um, you will be taxed at whatever rate that your um, whatever your taxable rate is at that current term. So. You know, if you save $2 million and, you know, your taxable rate is 30%, um, you be ready to give the government um, almost $60,000 of your money. Um, just Anyways. cut the check. It's, it's depressing, but hence why we do the brokerage account, right? The brokerage account, all you pay is a 10% tax on what you've gained um, throughout the entirety of that uh, brokerage account. So um, there's different ways to, to tackle it, and this is not the taxes uh, taxes episode, but... Um, <laughs> No, but just not. specifically where to put your money in the savings and, and how to go about doing that. And there's also Roth IRAs. But um, step five is divvying up the discretionary spending. <sighs> uh, we go can ahead. take a side here because I think this is where and I will say I listed on here when you're having these conversations, uh, honesty and being in a judgment free zone is oh really he's saying, oh, gosh. Um, as the person doing the judging more often than not. Um, this is true. Is really important, right? Because I think, not I think, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. I was so willing to give up, I, in my opinion, a lot um, in terms of things that I actually realize now are really part of my self-care. And it impacted how I was feeling about myself, Um to show Jay that, look, I'm willing to cut some of my expenses to save money. And part of it was the reaction that I would get um, when I was like, oh, I'm spending X amount to get my hair done, X amount to get my nails done, where it was, you know, the conversations, as you guys have heard in other episodes, like, is that really necessary? And I think for me, I should have said, yep, it's necessary. Sorry. And I think when I look at other couples that we've heard on other podcasts, it's, it's interesting to see. I think that's where, for me and our relationship, I definitely messed up because I think there were things that 
you know, I like to do that. Honestly, you know, for me, I figured if we had paid off enough debt and we had come back that Jay would ease up and be willing to give a little bit there. Whereas I'm realizing as Jay has highlighted that just because the money's there, he's not trying to give it up. This is true. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> and it's also your fault because you realize because you knew you just hey. said in the beginning of this episode, you realize how hard I was willing to go to for certain things. And now that that seems to escape your mind when it comes it to discretionary income. I just income. figured that, you but know, someone you we, love would be I like, re- yo, I love. remind you, I remind you what you said in the beginning of the episode. You knew I was this focused on certain. You knew I was this specific. You knew I was this hardcore. But you decided to sign up for this anyway. But in all honesty, even the article states that this is when you'll have your most interesting discussions, right? Um, at the, all I can all I can recommend is every, every all parties should just be as honest as possible about what they feel, and then you have a discussion about each of those things. Um, and where you're going to compromise. What's important to you may not be important to somebody else, and vice yes. versa. So have those conversations. Um, but this is this is where your money maker is going to be, right? Um, you've you know what you got coming in. You know what what you absolutely have to have coming out. You know what you have. You know what you would like to save. You have an amount that you would like to save. And all those goals, they grow as time goes on, right? But this is, you know, do we spend $300 on something or do we not? Or do we compromise and say we spend $100? Um, these are the conversations that you need to have about every aspect of um, what you have going out. Um, clearly, right, we've discussed that we have a different approach to a, a set amount of money that is there. You have $1,000. Liz would like to spend 900 of it. I would like to save 900 of it. So the compromise comes and have the conversation of, all right, do we need to spend this? Is it important for you to spend this? Why is it important? Um, it doesn't need to be every month. Like these are the conversations you need to have as time goes on. And the ultimate, you would like to think, right? If you make as if you make a certain amount of money, um, these conversations are impo- are not important, but they they become more important as no you, as much you make money more you money. Make money. Um, so this yeah. could be a couple making sixty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars household income to a couple making four hundred thousand dollars a household income. Because um, that's where you don't want the creep to happen, right? Absolutely. So people talk about this, right? That spending creep, and I think for us these conversations, in my eyes, I'm hopeful that they help minimize it, right? And so I think even beyond this. Like, I'm a a long-term planner, and so for me, too, what I did one day at the end of the new year is I set up, like, the ideal budget. How much would I be completely satisfied with in terms of, you know, how much money was going towards vacations? How much could I spend on self-care? How much are we putting aside for savings? Those things. And I think Jay kind of was like, are you serious? But I think for me, being able to see that, I at least am being honest to say, look, I would like to probably spend about anywhere between 20 to 12 to 20 K a year on vacations. And that's in terms of multiple vacations, whether it's as a couple with the family. That includes road trips. That, that's, that's, that's a whole everything. lot of stuff. Yeah. That's everything. Thanksgiving, stuff like that. And so for me, I feel like if we were already saving every month to put that money aside, then there's no reason that when we budget at the end of the month and we've said and why i was excited that we are saving towards vacations is because that money is there so now when we take a vacation it doesn't become this conversation of how are we going to pay for it well guess what we've been saving for the past six months so we have you know ten thousand dollars saved up and guess what we can just write a check and pay for a vacation and call it a day that's my preference is almost budgeting to a t it's almost like the lady uh we listened to on what is it millionaires Unveiled. Millions unveiled. Yeah, the Haitian. The yes, Haitian lady. Yeah. she highlighted that she basically at the start of the year pays, pays all, all her, her bills. bills. I was like, I would like to be at that place. Goals. Yes, major goals. If you could cut a check and pay your mortgage for the year, pay all your stuff. For- and I, and I would imagine what she means is she just has a different um, account and just says, "All right, this money's going here for this. This money's going here for this, and I don't even have to worry about it for the rest of the year." That's a I mean, that's, you know, you talk about stress killing people, right? That That's a stress, that's a stress reliever that, you know, that's unmatched. You can't really, you, you know, you can't buy that. That's just like, 
man, I don't have to worry about this for a whole nother year. Yeah. Could you imagine not worrying about any payments for a whole year? And all you got to do is just live your life. And you still have money coming in. Um, so that's a great place to be. Now, that's not necessarily our goal. Um, I know it wasn't a goal for me, but when we heard it, it was like, man, that's a, it's not bad. It's not a bad goal to, to, to try to achieve. Yeah, it's not at all. And so I think um, this discretionary conversation, again, I think there's some things that we can both look back at where, you know, this is where we. No, it's your fault. It's your, it's your <laughs> fault. We as you, as you stated. We didn't see eye to eye on As stuff. you stated. You know, um, between kind of the compromise with self-care, where do hair care products fall within this realm of needs, wants, and discretionary spending? And these things change as, you know, as life changes, right? Yeah. You know, perfect example of the hair care. When you're overseas... Yep. It was a it was a zero balance, right? Because you you didn't well not necessarily zero, it was, but it was never a zero balance. But it, I wasn't I going balance, to a beauty it salon. As, it wasn't as taxing or as necessary as it was as it is now. Yeah. So the difference, right? Depending on where I'm at overseas. So when I was living in the Middle East, I was not going to a beauty salon to get my hair done. But I'm still ordering hair care products. And I say that to say the conversation is ever changing. It's not something that you have. It's not a these. These discretionary funds are not set. It's not yeah. something that you say, all right, this is going on for the rest of the time we're together. This is a monthly conversation or a weekly conversation that you have to have. Um, that's, that's the only reason I, I say that. I guess a great example is our son, right? So we, with all his activities, so we had budgeted, right? We was doing, he was doing DJ lessons. We started off four lessons a week. I mean, a month. Yeah. That was pretty expensive. Then we pared it down to two. And then we started expensive. We just was like, you know, if he got too much shit going on. Yo, those lessons were almost yeah. three, almost close to four hundred dollars. Yeah. A month for DJ lessons, DJ and producing lessons, which we totally value. We cut it down to two. And then this round, as his soccer season is picking up, we both were just like, yo, DJ lessons are like a summer activity. And you start and you start to realize his needs change, too. Right. So, yes. Um certain things he wants to do changes um his interests change um and or his interest yeah his, his interest change whether he wants to do something more it just doesn't is not feeling it anymore um certain things we won't allow him to quit just because you know you just can't start something and stop it just because you want to um but but yeah. that's a discretionary income that it evolved exactly in the year exactly um and so the next thing I definitely wish we would have learned earlier mm. that we did learn was they and this is your fault in a good way <laughs> they advise to select a budgeting software. Um, and what I actually laugh at is the budgeting software that we use, Honeydew, is one of the softwares on their list. So we did. We used to do this before. We did it manually. We tried it uh, digitally through an Excel spreadsheet. And then you came up with the Honeydew idea, which is, well, the, the first app you used, what, do you even remember was, the name of the first no, app? No, it was just another kind of budgeting app. I think I had Googled budgeting apps for couples. And what I was looking for, right, was essentially a budgeting app that we both could real time see. Um, and why we settled on Honeydew, as we talked about, is that A, you get a prepaid debit card account. Um, and we basically take our monthly uh, spending. So for groceries, household needs, uh, entertainment, eating out, all that good stuff, we've budgeted $2,500 a month to put in Honeydew. And what we like is as you spend, you get a little pop-up, as Jay got one today because I had to buy some pajamas for the kid. Um, you get this little pop-up on your phone that says, hey, X amount of dollars was spent. You get to see what it was, who spent it, because we each have our own little uh, icon. And then what I really, really love about the app, though, is that it has, um, it, it breaks it down. So you can go back and look. So the month of February was crazy. Why was it crazy? It's birthday month. Yeah. So... And this is kind of where Jay has always said, look, it fluctuates, it fluctuates. We can't go up to 3000 because that would be my ideal budget a month. And he's like, we don't need to do that. We don't spend that much. And when you look now with Honeydew, it's been about uh, three months. You'll see like December was a little bit more expensive because of the holidays. January, we were under that budget. And then February, we were way over the budget. March, we shouldn't be under. April, we shouldn't be under because April traveling nobody's yep. gonna be here it's but we so, got spring break no 
We do have spring break in April. It's already counted for. I know, but the well, yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. See, Sorry. see, that's this is how she sneaks and gets. Why is God extra money goes over? And goes Why is over, God but it's already budgeted for. It's already paid for. But no, that's you know, that's the that's the discussion that happens um, uh, on a monthly basis for us, right? But the Honeydew account is is actually a phenomenal app. Uh, I rec- we recommend it. Um, and again, it just it just keeps track of it just keeps track for you of understanding exactly how much you're spending and. You know, it's, it's been very effective effective for us. Um, the seventh step, funny enough, is having a, um, weekly, a weekly discussion about date. this. Money date, they call it. Ours is monthly. Yes. Um, but we talk about, throughout the month, we talk about funds. All the, was it, you, you describe how often we talk about it. I think it's, it's a consistent conversation, right? If we need to, because I think, too, right, we always knew that if you have to spend a large amount of money, right? Probably over, you know, $200 uh, and probably over, really over $100. Most of the time, for, if it's not groceries, for us, we're not really spending in one time more than $100, $150. So if you're heading over that threshold, for us, that's a conversation. And that's out of respect for each other that you're saying it's not groceries, it's not a uh, routine expense. I need to spend X amount of money. And again, getting to a place where we're becoming more comfortable, at least I'm becoming more comfortable, that I'm not asking Jay for permission. It's that courtesy. It's the respect. It's being on the same page that when he sees $150 come out of the account, that it's not a, oh, what was this for? Did you need it? You know, and I've, I've definitely, over the past month or so, spent more money and able to talk to him about it. Like, you know, I'm looking at a smoothie situation (laughs) he's shaking his head we're also on a weight loss journey in our lives um and so that was a little bit more expensive so being able to tell him and give him a heads up that hey i'm getting ready to spend x amount of money on this random charge that you're gonna see so he's not trying to figure out is it fraudulent first and foremost right you don't want your spouse calling the bank saying i don't know what this charge is but b you know a also your spouse is there to help you maybe they think there's a better way to do something and I think we're constantly having those conversations. And I think that's also the benefit of having a partnership, right? Is you may think one way, but maybe your partner has other ideas or knows something different um, and ways to save money. And I will say one of our couple friends, that's probably one of the most interesting things when they have, um, they have. I can remember uh, their refrigerator needed to be fixed. Oh, and yeah. I can remember my girlfriend was like, just get it fixed, buy a new one, call it a day. But her spouse nope. was like, he he is going to figure out my a man. way my man. You know? to <laughs> find the part, replace the part. Did it himself. Did it himself. Now, yes, they were out of the refrigerator for a few more weeks, but the cost that they saved was pretty high up there because I think that the part was relatively cheap, but the service people yeah. were trying to charge them probably close to six or seven hundred dollars. Um, but in that sense, right, that's where the partnership comes into play. That you that six seven hundred dollars that you save now, you guys can go do something else with it. But it was funny in the moment to see the frustration that can exist when it's like, you know, let's just hurry up and get something done, which I tend to be that way. Mm-hmm. But Jay is like, okay, let me investigate and look, which I love for the holidays. We will come up with our list. And Jay is like, I think I could find something cheaper. And for me, great. Let's just sit back and see, you know, where we can save money. Because I do believe, like, there's no need to overspend if we don't have to. Never been that way. Um, I could thank my mother for that. You know, she would go into stores and heckle and <laughs> take me as a, as, a, as, a young, as a young kid and, and not pay full price for anything. So I definitely appreciate that lesson. Um, but to to wrap up, um, having that conversation again, we do it monthly, but all throughout the week. Um, however, you said that whatever goal you want to do to have that, you know, whatever goal you want to have that conversation. But we have it monthly, and it's during our monthly bill payment, right? We gotta sit down, we pay um, all the bills that are necessary, and again, that, even that fluctuates. We've been noticing um, that fluctuates, and then at the end of the day, you realize how much money you really make. Um, where does your money go? Where your money's going? In our and, stomach. And figure out, <laughs> figure out exactly what you, um, in fact, figure out exactly what you want to do with your money. Um, so the seven steps to a good, seven, ste- seven steps to creating a budget with your spouse. Um, step one is 
um, having a smart having smart goals setting smart goals right and smart being specific measurable achievable realistic and and time-based um step two is determining your net income meaning how much you take home adding up your mandatory expenses and, and subtracting that and mandatory expenses could be anything from your mortgage payment your rent payment your car payments and utilities that's step three and step four is in calculating what calculating what you need to save um, whether that be your 401k that comes out automatically your ira or a, a separate brokerage account um, step five is probably the most important step um, is divvying up your discretionary spending um, step six is selecting your budgeting software um, we recommend honeydew but there are plenty of budgeting softwares out yeah. there um, there's honeydew there's good budget there's um, ynab which is um, you need a budget you need a budget um, so take a look at some of those apps. And step seven is schedule a weekly uh, money date. And again, that the weekly is based off of your discretion, right? It could be weekly, it could be monthly. I wouldn't recommend it being um, anything Go past, past a month. monthly, because um, that just that these are discussions that you know you need to have, and you can't be scared to have those discussions. Yes, you're going to have arguments. I tell you that Definitely. right now. No, I don't. Even I mean, <laughs> you hear the most experienced people, um, experienced meaning been married for a long time have those conversations and this this doesn't matter if you and these rules apply whether you have combined income or you don't yeah um, you should right um either way because if even if you don't have combined incomes if you guys have goals that you're trying to do together how are you going to get there if you're not having you know monthly conversations about like how are you both contributing to those goals so yeah those are the seven steps um there, there'll be um under the show notes. Yes. And definitely the most important part of this is understanding that things will fluctuate. Life changes. Things happen. Uh, that's why it's important to talk. So this way you can allow for that flexibility and change uh, within your budget as you guys are working towards your overall goals. All right. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the Blended Creole Podcast. Always remember to stay firmly rooted in faith and dream as if you will live forever and live as if you will die tomorrow. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you enjoy listening to podcasts. Tune in next week to hear more.